Hello and welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where we talk about, not surprisingly given the title, Red Dwarf, episode by episode. Uh, some longtime fans and some complete newbies journey together on the mining ship Red Dwarf into the far reaches of space and entertainment. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. And I'm Shane. And this episode, we are talking about confidence and paranoia. Shane, tell us about it. Lister feels ill after entering a contaminated area of Red Dwarf, trying to find Kachansky's hologram disc, which Rimmer has hidden. But Red Dwarf has two unwelcome guests on board. Lister's confidence and paranoia. Yes. Because that's so what happens. Weird, uh, <laughs> that is what happens. You get the flu, and you have corporeal uh, hallucinations. It happens. So, you know, if he was trying to get... Chansky, why couldn't he just, you know, try really, really hard to have a hallucination about her, and then she could show up? That's what I thought was going to happen, in fact. But it did. Would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Made the episode good. Well, the show opens up with this just trying to watch a movie. Yeah, and it sounded like a Jimmy Stewart send-up movie. Just the the voice in the background, it sounded like Jimmy Stewart a little bit. Yeah. On a Sony TV. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, I have in my notes that this is the movie version of, of Deep Thoughts with Jack Candy, starring Jimmy Stewart and <laughs> some random chick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Deep Thoughts with Jack Candy, that's an old Saturday Night Live reference that nobody that listens to this podcast will get. But still, it's very apt. Well, I was just, Look it up on YouTube. I was just thinking it was so nice to actually see a company that's only still going in the 22nd century. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They have all of their um, mining ships outfitted completely with Sony appliances. <laughs> I I I, I Spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah, I, I, I want. I, yeah, the Jimmy Stewart in the background. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, entertainment on the ship. They watch Jimmy Stewart movies, and Holly reads Agatha Christie novels, and then erases them, and then reads them again. I wish I could do that. I would do that with the Harry Potter novels, and yeah. <laughs> You know, I, there's a lot of things that I've read that I wish I, I'd watched that I wish I could just erase and not watch again. Yeah, but. true. Brain bleach. The, the Island of Dr. Moreau springs to mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, the book or the, the one of the movie versions? The film. Uh, the Val Kilmer version? Yeah, the one starring uh, David Thuraz through the book. Ah. Yeah. But Holly is bored. He has nothing to do. He's read every single book ever, ever. And it's filled up his memory banks. But, uh, so they're going to try, or at least theoretically, if they delete enough useless information and stop enough useless functions from Holly, then they may be able to get another fully functioning hollow. So... Of course, they try. Uh, well, Lister tries to get Kachansky. Yes, because that, that is a healthy relationship. 
having romantic feelings for a dead girl who you can't touch. And you yeah. can't really well, talk to either. <laughs> well, I mean, that bit actually moves us into quite nicely into the next scene. The fact that Lister actually wants to go into a contaminated area of the ship to try to, find, to actually know. find it. Well, yeah, but it's, it's Rimmer which he's talking to, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rimmer, who's always after Lister for not doing his job, failed to decontaminate the ship on schedule. I love it. Uh, but we do learn that at least they are doing something. They have a purpose on the ship, which is decontaminating. So what is Rimmer supposed to be doing? Is he just supposed to be hitting the decontaminate button? Because he can't Physi- do yeah, anything. Physically touching the thing, yeah. So if, why can't Holly do anything that Rimmer... What is Rimmer's purpose besides to enlister, I guess, is, is the, the ultimate question here. Maybe he's ordering around the scatters. Ah, yes. So his, his sole purpose on the ship is to tell the scutter bots what to do so they can uh, they, they can flip him off and make rude gestures. Well, it seems like because he was uh, walking them through doing the medical exam on Lister and he was saying, you know, we've talked about this, we've worked with do it slowly. But, we, but before we even get to that scene, uh, we actually find Lister being so ill, he's collapsed on the floor, and Cat can't collapse. Yeah, Cat the Heartless. I mean, he's destroyed his entire race already, so why should he care if, <laughs> if Lister passes out on the floor? He, he's, a, he's really just a monster, I think, that they have there on the ship. It's, it's, oh, uh, aren't all cats? A bit, yeah. Ours definitely. I'm looking at the scars on my hand. Yes, cats are all monsters. Um, he should have had a puppy. If he would have had a, a pre- well, no, not a puppy, I guess a dog. If he would have had a pregnant dog on board, that would be awesome, because then you would have, like, um, like Chewbacca. Chewbacca would care if, if Han passed out in the hallway. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, another thing though is we've talked a little more about Rimmer. Rimmer claims that love is a sickness, and all it's good for is is making uh, you spend all your money and hurting your career. Yeah, I think that's a nice little bit of insight into his character. Yes, this love celibacy group. That just sounds so sad. Like you know, just a bunch of people. It. It sounds like, you know, the No Girls Allowed Club. We <laughs> don't want those women. They're, they're up for trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that scene in the, in the medical bay, we find Lister asleep in his bunk. And it's raining fish. Hello. It's raining fish. It's raining fish. Hello. <laughs> it's raining fish. Oh, my. Which the cat uh, ate. <laughs> yes, the cat. Somebody ate the fish. Yes. Yes, we don't know who. I should point my out. Money's... I should point out no fish were harmed in filming that scene. Oh, really? Mm. How, how did they manage that? Um, <laughs> the ones that you saw flapping around, they were alive fish, but they were just placed on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or the other fish were dead fish, um, from the local market. 
Okay. And so they, they put the live ones back in water immediately? Yeah. So they, they weren't harmed, they were just tortured and confused. Wow. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm a fish, I'm swimming around, and oh, I can't breathe, and ow, I'm on the floor, what the hell is going on here? Why would anybody do this? And now I'm back in the water. All for our entertainment. Mentally traumatizing fish for good sci-fi TV. Red Dwarf. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I, sort of like, you know, people were fishermen that say, well, it's all police, you know, it's, we don't eat them. And it's like, oh, so that's better somehow. You just torture and confuse the fish that, you know, rip, rip them out of their homes and have hooks in their mouths and they're, so, you know, wow, I put the, everything is, ah, and then I'm back in the water and what happened? And they must just be so confused, at least for, you know, the eight seconds that they can remember the experience. Yeah. All Red the, Dwarf, yes, back, back to Red Dwarf. All the, <laughs> all the fish were bought fresh from the local market, so just imagine the smell after oh. they've been in a hot studio all day. Oh, gross. Probably for a week after, too. Oh, Rimmer was practicing salutes and calling it necrobics. Yes. Yeah, necrobics, yeah. <laughs> Lots of weird salutes. I liked that. And we see. And then, as as, as Lister died, Cat was juggling. I guess yes. I just wanted to show off that he could juggle, but yeah, it just shows how cruel and heartless he is. You know, I'm oh, sure he, he juggled after he saw stole the blanket and pillow. Cat's just mean. I like him. He he was claiming everything as his own. And, and mm-hmm. that's mine, and that's mine, and I, I think he was spraying it with perfume. Oh, like yeah, like cats will mark things with the sink glands in the side of their mouths. Then evolved cats just spray Chanel on them. Yes, there's many layers. I want to say a nice use of the split screen again with the exploding male of Warsaw. Yes. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Um, now again that. I know they referenced it earlier in the episode, but it, uh, and I'm familiar with um, spontaneous human combustion just as a as a phenomenon and as as a as a thing. But I'm not familiar with the particular incident of the mayor of Warsaw. Is that something that they made up just for this episode, or is this history? I haven't looked it up. Did the mayor of Warsaw actually explode? Yeah, I think it was made up for serious. Yes. But. That section sounded very Douglas Adams. Like, you know... It did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Okay, but then that leads us to the confidence and paranoia Sorry. personified. Actually, before we get to that, actually, Angela, we actually missed oh. the fact that Cat brought this to some... Well, for lack of a better term. Yes, Grapes that he had already eaten, and the peel of an orange, which uh, the orange peel was in one piece. That's a very talented trick. I would love to do that myself. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> expecting a desiccated mouse. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, you know that, that's probably a gag that they're saving for later. He was like, yeah, he'll, he'll bring a dead mouse carcass at some point, just show how talented he is. Although, if the mice, well, there can't be mice. If there were mice, they would have evolved over three million years. Well, then he brings an evolved 
desiccated mouse. Okay, that just sounds awful. The mouse people. We have to find out about the mouse people. Who was killed by Cat? Survived and evolved. Well, maybe. Maybe Cat exterminated them, and that's how he gained power to eventually uh, slaughter his people for their skin to make clothes. I like it. And then made up the whole religious thing just to lead us astray. Mm. That's a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon. No, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> Wrong Buffy references a bit. Um, you do the confidence, thing, don't you, Heath? That's, a, that's not the first time you've been singing on this podcast. <laughs> I do like singing. Sadly, though, at the moment, I've got a bit of a cold. So if I sound uh, a bit down this episode, that's that's what's going on there. But uh, um, yeah, so I, I will I will try to have uh, more respect for our listeners than to assault them with with my singing. For the people who have actually watched longtime fans of Red Dwarf, there will be a bit of a surprise coming up as for these guys, as I've mentioned before, in about six weeks' time. Okay. Oh, okay. I'd like to be surprised before that. Oh, wait a minute. Context. Musical episode. I think you've just spoiled it now. That's my theory, though. Just judging from what you just said, I'm going to guess there's Red Dwarf musical episode now. I'm I'm saying nothing. I'm keeping stum. Okay. I'm keeping keeping very, very quiet on that. So stay tuned, dear listener. (laughs) Mum is the word. Indeed. Uh, And after that, we move back into the driving where we find two strangers on board. Confidence and paranoia. So, be honest here. Who recognised confidence? We did not. We, I we didn't noticed ever. Uh, his name in the ending credits. Yeah. Yeah. He has uh, Craig Burns, and of course has his, his talk show uh, over here now in, in the states. Does, does he have a? a does that air uh, in Britain as well? Not as far as I'm aware. No. Yeah, we we don't watch it regularly, but we do do. We watch an episode here and there of the the Craig Ferguson show, and it's it's good. Um, he had one episode in particular, uh, all about Doctor Who, where, where he did this crazy musical uh, based on the Doctor Who theme, and it was really really awesome. It's it's on YouTube. You should give it a look. It was great. Uh, yeah. What what was really sad though is that he had planned because he like lots of stars from the Doctor Who show. And he had planned all this stuff, and they did this huge, big musical production. And then uh, he finds out, like, right before the show is supposed to air, that uh, they failed to get the rights to the Doctor Who theme music. Um. So he is, yeah, so he starts talking, and he's like, My producers, and I use the term loosely, have informed (laughs) me that they, (laughs) and so they weren't actually able to air that on TV, but they leaked the, uh, the whole musical number to the interwebs and it is fantastic. Uh, so that's worth checking out. Yeah, I had, when I saw um, Confidence, I had that he was Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. Ah, uh, yeah. He does sort of have that feel, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. The crazy clothes and the, hey, let's go party and everything like that. I have to Yeah, ask. crazy I have to ask, though, um, because obviously you didn't recognize him to the ending credits, were you fooled by his American accent? No. Um, I, I mean, it, it sounds like a put-on accent, but now, in fairness, you know, a lot of American actors will put on that same accent 
to do that character. It, that's sort of your stock. Uh, yeah, you know, it's sort of the Rodney Dangerfield routine. I, I did not believe he was American, but it, it, it was, you know, nice. It was effective for what he was doing it for. Okay. It's certainly better than my uh, than my Craig Ferguson impression just now. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you make well. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think I noticed. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, uh, stab him! Uh, stab him! Stab River him named one of the scatters stab him for the purposes of destroying paranoia. I like it. I wish Paranoia had been around more. Yeah, yeah, I I like, I mean, I really liked uh, Confidence's constant, ridiculous, over-the-top building up the Prince of Charisma and thing, and, you know, they did the counterpoint of that with Paranoia, but I would have liked to see more of it. It was really fun. Because it was definitely an episode in two halves, because we didn't actually see Confidence and Paranoia themselves appear until... The 17 minute mark of the 13 yeah. episode. So it was definitely mm. an episode of two halves. Just like last week's episode, Waiting for God. Yeah. Uh, because it was. So they're going with sort of a two act structure instead of a three act structure. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, I really like the sci fi thing where they're. Um, doing all of this ridiculousness like you know in future echoes which still remains my favorite episode mm-hmm. that they're um saying well light speed causes all this crazy stuff to happen mm-hmm. and you know the the cattle evolved from that and i can sod enough to enjoy the loosely explained scientific explanation for this happening but the the illness that evolved enough to make hallucinations solid mm-hmm. is a bit much, for my taste. I was okay with it. I I I so did a bit more there than you. I think you know how how will pneumonia evolve after three million years, and what will it evolve in? Given that there's no organic tissue for it to thrive and reproduce <laughs> in, but still. That aside, um, yeah, the the space pneumonia. It, it's it's your it, 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 it's it's a way to get the plot moving. I don't think we were supposed to focus on the plausibility of uh, evolved space pneumonia so much as this is what happens, what needs to happen to make the plot go where we want. And that was cool with me. Also, Lister invented beer milkshakes. Yeah. He, he invented. Well, last time we were talking about the strangeness of their existence, but no, this this is a pure uh, Lister idea, <laughs> according to Confidence. He is a man yeah. of many talents. He is. He is. And Confidence is American, which is interesting. And and paranoia uh, seems yeah. very, very, very British. Yeah. I don't know. What do y'all make mm-hmm. of that? Well, two, oh, I suppose there's two different sides of personality. Was, was this a half American, do you think? Hmm. I mean, admittedly, he doesn't have an American accent, but I'm just wondering, two sides of his personality, <laughs> potentially, you know, half American. Maybe. I don't know. I, Maybe. I, 
I didn't get that so much as just maybe they were doing a ton in tongue in cheek personification of confidence and specifically overconfidence to the point of madness itself as a uh, typically American trait, mm. which, which I don't mind so much. Uh, that's that was my take <laughs> on it, because um, because I you know you, you meet those people, uh, and, and we we have fun with our stereotypes there. I don't know, maybe so. Of but, course, yeah, the captain I, I, was American. Oh, yeah. I forgot that, actually. Mm. We don't know how society looked in, you know, a couple of hundred years from now when all this was supposed to take place. Um, you know, in Firefly, we at least get the idea that China and America were the only remaining superpowers and everybody else, every other culture was destroyed and we have this weird mix of Asian and Western culture in, in the future. Uh, here we have no idea what was going on besides um, zero G football. Oh, and um, what was it? Esperanto on um, Esperanto comes back, yes, and Polaroid mm-hmm. pictures. Slowly, slowly, the picture of society in, in the twenty third century is 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 coming into view. It just takes time for those Polaroids to develop, you know. <laughs> and the Sony TVs. And the Sony TVs. <laughs> oh my so okay so we move into this we get confidence and paranoia confidence is, is hilarious with this building up paranoia is, is, is funny but underused uh, confidence kills paranoia and then goes insane out in space because oxygen is for losers <laughs> oxygen is for losers it's just some sort of conspiracy that holding you back, man. Who told you you couldn't breathe in space? <laughs> Prince of Charm. We forgot to mention why they went outside, though. To yes. To get the, um, holograph- holographic discs. Because, yeah, with a bit of confidence and listening to his subconscious, uh, Lister is able to, to think about what how Limmer... R- Limmer. Limmer. That, that's in a future episode where Lister and Rimmer are in a transporter accident made into one person, Limmer, who hates himself and is very lazy about being anal retentive. Um, but but that's, that, that's not this episode. Yes, but, but he can outsmart Rimmer when he, he puts his mind to it. Yeah, outsmarting Rimmer, which is cool. Yeah, you know, that's sort of part of the theme of, of the whole show, really, is that Rimmer is someone who uh, bases all of his confidence on his abilities, which are not nearly as, as good as he thinks that they are, but he bases his self-worth on his uh, uh, stature o- and, and uh, position over other people, his, his authority, uh, and whereas Lister doesn't really care about any of that. But when it comes down to it, Lister is the more capable person. And part of why they don't get along is that deep down I think Rimmer knows that and so he's constantly hurling abuse at Lister to keep Lister from realizing that yeah, not only is Rimmer unlikable but he's also useless as well yeah and I think Lister is also afraid to commit because we've been talking about how you know he doesn't want to get tied down to a career but I think he's just afraid to do anything because he's afraid he's going to suck at it so yeah that paranoia yeah. coming in. Right. 
Which is why he wouldn't go after Kachansky. Right. I uh, I've left out I've put out several theories already this episode, but one more theory that I'm going to put forward. As much as they have shown uh, Kachansky, both in the hologram uh, that Rimmer used to pretend to be her, constantly showing her picture, constantly talking about her, I think she has to eventually become a character on the show somehow. They've used her as, as like Lister's ideal and his yearning for the past uh, personified, but I think I'm suspecting just because they keep using that same actress that we're going to see her become a character in some way. I posit that it will be the same actress playing a different character, but that mm. you know the resemblance to her will be so striking that you know Lister will that will automatically draw him to her. Yeah. Yes. Well, so like, yeah, her great 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 to the thirtieth power granddaughter who was on Earth this whole time. Other, I don't guess she had children. Niece, her great 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 to the thirtieth power yes. niece, who's been on Earth evolving into a super powered telekinetic being. Because awesome. we still don't know what is on Earth. What has become of mankind? Mm. Have the cats evolved on Earth and taken over, uh, as Cat did on on Red Dwarf? We don't know. Have they bowed the Statue of Liberty? Right, yes. yeah. Halfway. And and shrunk it to, like, a third of its size. <laughs> I always like that. When they, when they use the Statue of Liberty in movies like that, in Cloverfield and in uh, Planet of the Apes, it's it's not quite big enough. But it's yeah. big enough in Ghostbusters, too. They got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask... Um, what do you think of the exploding confidence? <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> uh, I was like, out no, it. don't take your helmet off. Don't take your... Oh, you take your helmet off. And that's what happened. Also, everyone knows that you would implode in space instead of explode. <laughs> no. And it wouldn't make a sound either. Okay, enough. <laughs> no. Yeah, this, this is not a show about science. It's a show about fiction. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I did. I laughed out loud, though, when it happened. <laughs> what, what they did was they um, just put a dummy there in the suit and helmet. Oh, sorry, I should say. Lack of helmet. And just run out air hose in the back until it, they got, until the dummy exploded. Oh. Wow. Causing glass to fly everywhere and mm. cutting the, the actor who plays Lister to pieces, sadly. Yes. Quite literally, in fact. <laughs> oh, really? Quite, yeah, quite. It, um, it was slightly hurt in making of that scene, according to the documentary. Oh, I thought I was making that up. I, uh, I mean, I, I just figured if you blow up a suit, there was going to be debris, but that actually happened. Mm. It was. It wasn't much of him acting when he was diving out the way. It was actually actually physically diving out the way. Wow. Yeah. I love when shows do special effects. With absolutely no concern for the actor's safety. <laughs> don't you mean you don't love that? No, no, it creates a sense of realism. <laughs> Putting these poor <laughs> people in danger. <laughs> like well, the poor um, girl act- from the Willy Wonka movie who had back problems for her entire that, life. <laughs> that really is sad, yeah. Mm. The one that blew up like a blueberry, I think it was. Yeah. 
So okay. now this actually has the disc. Right. Yes. Let's put it in the machine. And we find there's actually two Rimmers on board now. So we find out that he actually did not um, outsmart Rimmer. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that because, like, he figured out where the discs were. Mm. And, and then Rimmer, like, got this look on his face and said, like, hmm, I've got a cunning plan. Uh, and <laughs> then he walks away. So maybe he figured out a way to switch the discs after the fact. <coughs> Potentially, but the question I have to ask, though, yeah, is that then why is there it why is there two Rimmer holographic discs? Because when I play when I play a DVD, the DVD has to stay on the machine all the time for me mm-hmm. to watch it. So therefore, mm-hmm. if it's like that in Red Dwarf, then there has to be a Rimmer disc running in Holly all the time for a Rimmer hologram to be there. Right, well, I'm thinking that he convinced Holly to, make, to burn a copy. Uh, unless, of course, false... unless, of course, it was a backup copy. Yeah, Something. yeah, maybe everyone has backup copies. Or maybe, yeah, ah. just... Well, no, there's, yeah, there's probably our next plot, actually. Uh, slight... If it's a copy, maybe, like, you know, when you make a copy of a tape, which would be more the metaphor for a 1987 TV show, a VHS tape instead of a disc then when you make a copy of a VHS tape, it's not quite as good or clear as the original. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we're going to have a slightly off rimmer. Well, he's already, but a slightly off, slightly off rimmer. <laughs> I just think that rimmer is going to drive himself crazy. Oh, definitely he will. I mean, yeah, even if it's a perfect <laughs> copy, he will. But I think for comedic effect, that he will have made a copy and it's not going to be quite right. It's going to be... You know, just do, like, a John Cleese funny walk for, for no reason every now and again. Or, you know. <laughs> for reasons which I'm actually going to go into next week. Yes. Uh, this episode was going to be the last of the series, originally. Oh. And it was going uh, to be concluded with, with, with Kachansky being successfully resurrected as a sort of cliffhanger. Oh. I like yeah. this better. So, the idea of yeah. two Rimmers is making me happy. Plus, you know, it would have been sad if the series ended with this. Mm. Because, you know, this first season has been so uneven. Mm. So it's a double Rimmer. Mm. All the way. All the way across the ship. So beautiful. What does it mean? And we're into meme territory. Okay, does anyone have any more notes on this? Actually, no, my last note is double rimmer all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. Oh, no, but I have uh, Craig Ferguson, exclamation mark, after that. Yes. So. I did say that, you know, we've seen uh, Lister's guitar this whole time, and now... I find out he sucks at it. Feedback. So, have, do we have any emails this week, Heath? Uh, we do have some Facebook uh, comments here uh, from Jay. Uh, Jay says that he watched the remastered edition and it has a different opening gag. Uh, rather than uh, the highest form of life was man, the lowest form of life was a man who works for the post office. Uh, apparently, in the remastered edition, 
It says, last week we encountered the cryogenically frozen body of Tycoon Alan Nimble. He'd been launched into space in the hopes of encountering a life form who could cure his terrible disease. We revived him, explained we were the last human ship in existence, and we just wanted to say we couldn't help him. He was furious and died almost instantly. There's just <laughs> no pleasing some people. I like that. Uh, let's see. Jay writes, um, episode 5, Confidence and Paranoia. You can see Red Dwarf uh, better taking shape with the style of comedy. Cat had some really hilarious gags, I agree, in this one, his best episode yet. Uh, Craig couldn't help smiling when he said, S-E-X, I think about it, yeah, literally corpsing. Uh, wait, literally corpsing. So the actor died? Because literally means it happened in reality. It's not really, Jay. <laughs> corpsing means when you're, when you're laughing when you're not supposed to. Oh. Yes, but literally corpsing would be like, uh, stealing a dead body. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, now we know what corpsing means. That's nice. He dismissed Lister's illness just like the cat priest, but we see Rimmer does care for Lister despite them always being at loggerheads. It must be terrifying to be sick with only an apathetic cat man and a hologram around. Isn't that the truth? Uh, it was fun to see Rimmer and Lister pair up with Lister's manifestations. Barry's facial expressions in the episode were priceless. Uh, great to see Dickhead from British sitcom Bottom making an appearance in Red Dwarf. Uh, despite the ego boost, ultimately, confidence was a deadly virus as he tried to get Lister to kill himself. A bit scary. Very much looking forward to seeing how two Rimmers work out in the season finale. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much, Jay. And, uh, and thank you for introducing the term corpsing to me. Uh, yes. Literal or metaphorical. <laughs> See, that's our goal here, really, to educate, uh, to educate people uh, with one tiny bit of information sandwiched into a 42-minute episode about Red Dwarf. Yes. And we also Very had, tiny. <laughs> we also had a lovely email from Keith Orr. Keith wrote into our email, Hey there, just w- started listening to your podcast and it's really fun. Been watching Red Dwarf since I was a wee kid and become a big dwarf geek from a young age. It's really interesting to see it through fresh eyes for the first time from people who've never seen it. Just wondering if you ever planned on ever doing an episode in the American remake pilot. Great stuff, guys. Keep it up. Yes, we will be making a episode on the American version of Red Dwarf. Oh. But, that, but that, obviously that will be quite a while down the line. But thanks very much for your email, Keith. Very much appreciated. Indeed. And thank you for joining our Facebook group, as we hope that uh, all of you will. It is Red Dwarf Introcast on the Facebooks. You can follow us on Twitter. And what is that Twitter, uh, Angela? Uh, the Twitter is uh, Twitter slash Red Dwarf Intro. Yes. And, uh, of course, you can always email us at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, keep it spoiler-free. If you're going to talk about a specific episode, just give us a heads up, say, hey, I'm talking about this episode. That way, if Angela or I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, um, we won't be spoiled. Uh, Again, thank you for all your feedback and all your support. And now we are moving on to the quotes. Yay! Yay, the quotes. Okay, who wants to go first? I'm flipping through my notes here. Okay, I'll go first. Because um, I said that I would pick something literary from every episode, and we had a bunch of Agatha Christie things. So my quote is, 
Hercule Poirot just stepped off the steaming train. If you want my opinion, they all did it. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Mine is emergency. There's an emergency going on. It's still going on. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that one, too. And to me, that's almost a send-up of... uh, the like Star Trek warning klaxon. I can think of no less useful thing than when there's an emergency going on to turn off all the lights, have a weird red glow all over the ship, and have it's like ah quick we need we need to all be quick thinking and at our best and figure out how to get out of this crisis. So. So all in all, I prefer Holly. And see where we're going because someone's turned out all the damn lights. Yes. 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 Uh, Let's see. Oh, uh, my quote is, uh, Lister, what makes us different from animals is we don't use our tongues to clean our own genitals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm going to do another quote. You wrote that? That is the greatest love song ever. (laughs) Uh, let's see, I had another one, uh, let's see. Hey, this has been a good day. I've eaten five times, slept six times, and made a lot of things mine. Tomorrow, I'm going to see if I can have sex with something. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do mind just finishing off everything. Yeah, hit it. (laughs) Holly, put a trace in paranoia. What's the trace? It's space jargon. It means find him. No, it doesn't. You just made that a cheap call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I lied. I have another one here I just found. Haha, uh, I get the last word. No, you can come up with another one. Let's see. Uh, why didn't I ask her out? What's the worst she could have said? She could have said, no, you're a filthy, stinking, loathsome, disgusting creature, and I wouldn't see you dead in a plague pit. <laughs> Rimmer talking to uh, Paranoia. I don't believe it. He's socializing with a f- with a figment of his imagination. Paranoia. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well. Uh, let's see. I have one last one. Okay. If you weren't my uh-huh. friend, I'd steal your shoes. <laughs> We're just not going to let you have the last quote. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. No. 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 Um. But we, before we move on to ratings, yep. I just mm-hmm. want to play a yes. lovely quick little message from our very good friends over at the Total Wrestling Show. Awesome, awesome. Because... Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6 p.m. at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a review. Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one 
in Pro Wrestling Interactive Talk. That was a great little message from my friends over the Total Wrestling Show. Something that I haven't included on that uh, uh, little advert is that they do a brand new Wednesday night show that goes live at 7pm on a Wednesday night. Live exclusively at the Total Wrestling Show.com. So please, guys, check them out. Very nice. So. Indeed. Moving on to. Uh, Ratings, uh, yes, we, we have to rate rating. this thing. Yeah. Angela, what do you rate the episode? Oh, I really wanted to like this episode, um, but there were just a few things that kept me from really getting into it. Part of it was my problems with suspension of disbelief with the the illness making manifestations of internal conflicts. Um, and it just wasn't as funny, I thought, as earlier ones. But that's probably my problems. But anyway, I, I hold my opinion on this. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Um, my rating is 5 out of 10 endling songs. Songs with hmm. lots of endlings. <laughs> okay. What do you say, Jay? I I like this, this one. I mean, I was, I'm not a huge fan of it, per se, but I actually do like the... Um, I do love the cliffhanger at the end. Yes. Mm. Um, you know, it'll be, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens after that. So I'm actually going to have to give it uh, six raining fishies. Mm. Hallelujah. I think I liked this one a little bit better than you guys. Um, okay. The SOD didn't bother me that much. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I like the cliffhanger, and I like, uh, as Jay actually pointed out, we get a little bit of character from Rimmer and Lister there that we didn't before. You know, Rimmer cares about Lister, um, or at least doesn't want him to die. Uh, Lister, sure, he's pining over Kachansky, which really doesn't take... Uh, make as much sense as it might with future echoes, but that didn't bother me. At least he has some motivation now. Besides, uh, I want to sit around and drink beer milkshakes. So, I am going to give this seven out of ten exploding mayors of Warsaw. That's a lot of exploding mayors of Warsaw. It is. It is. That's like that's like a thirty neutron bomb there. <laughs> I, I don't know bomb terminology. Oh well. <laughs> Something that we didn't actually mention was that when this was uh, voted upon uh, by the readers of the Red Dwarf magazine, it came in 28th place with 0.2 of the votes. So it's like a fair to Midland episode. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week. And what is our episode for next week? Me squared. Me squared. Oh, I suppose I have to say... My streak has broken. I guessed that Confidence and Paranoia was all about Rimmer, and I was wrong. This was about Lister's Confidence and Paranoia, so I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm off on this one. So as far as me squared, I think is almost a little too easy. It's going to be about having two Rimmers on board. Um, so that's, that's not even really worth guessing. I I don't think, unless we're just completely wrong, and the whole thing is 
uh, like Lister winning or uh, getting passing his his exam. This whole thing is a gag, and there's not going to be two rumors on the next episode. But I don't see that happening. Holly at the beginning, and the last week uh Rima pretended to make another hologram of himself that would be joining the crew but he really didn't so no that's not <laughs> what happened so yeah next week me squared in all likelihood the drama of two rimmers and hilarity ensuing i agree <laughs> <laughs> all right well we will be back next week i uh, hope you will join us then thanks for listening and uh keep flying Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Grr. Wait, wrong show.